2: welcome in to another baseball America team top 10 prospects podcast I'm Kyle Glazer we're continuing our series today with the Milwaukee Brewers we're going to talk about one of 2022's biggest breakout prospects Jackson Shirio what to make of all the upper level hitters the Brewers have and where there might be some pitching a little bit lower in the system. To do all that, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Ben Badler. Ben, good to have you on.
3: Thanks for thanks for joining me today, Kyle. Excited to talk some Brewers prospects today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Brewers have been one of the best organizations in terms of developing pitching for a number of years now. Hitting, it's been a little bit of a different story. I, I didn't realize until a scout pointed it out to me a little while ago. We almost have to go back to Scooter Jeanette and Jonathan Lucroy to find the last time the Brewers successfully developed a homegrown hitter. Keston Hira looked like he would be the guy to end that drought, but uh, alas, has gone backwards. And and that's kind of an interesting dynamic when you look at the top 10 of the system right now. Eight of the top 10 prospects are all position players, and the top six are all position players. Before we dive into these individual players and their strengths and their weaknesses, I do have to ask, just given the track record, what's the likelihood of success these guys will reach their ceilings just with the Brewers' struggles to develop position players for really almost a decade now?
3: Yeah, well, it's they have some, uh, you know, some some hitters with some similarities. Like I think Bryce Tarang and Sal Freilik have some some similarities, just as hitters with very good bat to ball skills. You know, some questions about the ultimate power, but you look at their ability to make consistent contact and play a premium position. Whereas then you have players like you know Joey Weimer or Garrett Mitchell who are on kind of the other end, guys who, you know, Joey Weemer has generally been a productive hitter throughout the minor leagues. He did kind of hit a skid in double A last year, uh, but then he got, you know, even better once he was promoted to triple A. You know, players like that have outstanding raw tools and athleticism, but some more risk as far as the pure hitting ability. Um, So I think each, each player's kind of individual, in that regard but i i think the players that they have now are just the hitters are more talented in the farm system than they've had in a while and we're also not looking at players who are just kind of in the lower levels of the system far away They, they do have good players i i think in the lower levels of of the system still but the the guys at the top of the farm system you know You know, Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terang, uh, Joey Weimer, uh, you know, even like Jackson Churio, who's still a teenager, is going to be starting the year in double A. And he's not even super far away from being a major league contributor himself. So it's not like you're kind of squinting and saying, oh, if some of these guys break right a few years from now. No, you're looking at players who could make an impact at the major league level right away in
2: 2023 yeah and and that's kind of the biggest thing here that i think is going to be fascinating to watch is this is a brewers team that won 86 games last year has been a perennial contender the last few seasons there is some change at the top uh their longtime general manager david stern stepped down matt arnold has taken over the position so there is some change but There was also a lot of continuity. Matt Arnold has been in a front office role for them for a while. And again, there's a a core group of players here that have stayed the same. Um, They did trade Hunter Renfro. They did trade Colton Wong. And offense is the biggest question with this team. So it does align nicely that they have so many upper-level hitters ready to make an impact in the major leagues next year. We saw Garrett Mitchell make his debut last year. Overall, when you look at the Brewers, given the fact that they have the arms, they need bats, but they're very, very close. Realistically, how long can they keep this run going? Because um, again, they they've been pretty good, pretty consistently, and it looks, at least from the outside looking in, as long as they can maintain a, a decent payroll, they should be able to keep it going for a little while longer.
3: Yeah, I think they can continue to be um, a, a you know a contending club at the major league level. Like you said, there a lot of these hitters are are ready to contribute pretty soon uh jackson Churio. I, I would not count on him in 2023 but i also wouldn't count him out <laughs> either like when you when you just have these super talented super young players they tend to have a way of uh, just sort of obliterating the conventional timelines that that we're expecting for players so uh, but by i think by 2024 and beyond he, he has a chance to be a, a superstar for them so that's another you know foundational piece uh, for the Brewers to be able to build around. and And like you said, I, I think Matt Arnold's stepping in as the, you know, I'm losing track of like the top titles that everybody has in in baseball <laughs> operations these days. But you know I, David Stearns, I think is is a tremendous executive. but I, I think Matt Arnold was you know a, a rising star in in the game. Um, like you said, it's not like it's a new GM coming in and it's gonna clean house and change up a whole bunch of different things. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that the Brewers have done well, and they're gonna uh, continue to do that. You, you've seen some more success in in the draft they've had, certainly internationally. Obviously, Churio being uh, the main the main part of that, uh, but also you know guys like Jefferson, Kiro, you know some other. Uh, you know, interesting arms like an Admiral Uribe or, or a Luis Lara uh, was, you know, a little bit deeper down the system. So, yeah, I, I think they have the the, you know, the components in place in in the front office uh, in their scouting department and, and in the farm system to be able to continue uh, to to produce a, a competitive
2: team. That leads us into the number one prospect in the system. You've already mentioned him, Jackson Churio. Uh, He was a a fairly high profile signing uh, on the international market. And immediately, even in spring training last year, the buzz really started to get louder and louder. Um, I actually remember highlighting him in spring training as one of the top performers that scouts thought were going to have a big year in 2022. And he went out and exceeded really even those big expectations, um, arrived at low A Carolina and was simply put one of the best players in the minor leagues from a tools perspective, from a production perspective, all at the tender age of 18. This is a guy who would have been a, a high school uh, senior or even maybe a high school junior, depending on uh, when he would have started. And Again, just looked like uh, one of the more talented and exciting players to come through the low minors. I don't want to say in years because we've had a lot of them, but but certainly in that group of players, got up to high A. Understandably struggled a little bit more at that level, but again, he was 18 years old. He would have been in high school, and he, there he was at high A, and he certainly didn't sink. How good can Jackson Churio be? Because the reviews are loud, the performance is loud. It's all good, but but how good can he be? Well, you're just just giving away who our our number one prospect
3: is in the Brewer system, huh? No, it's I mean, it's so obvious that he's he's number one, obviously in the in the system. He's just a super super talented player, and yeah, like you said, there was buzz. I mean, an extended spring training. He just went on like a home run binge. They they promoted him to Low A as an 18 year old and, and finished the year in Double A. I mean, he's he's just super super talented and, and, and a well-rounded player, too. I mean, defensively, remember, too, he was a shortstop for for a lot of his time as an amateur. I mean, he spent some time in the outfield, too, but um, his, primary, his primary focus at the time before he signed was at shortstop. He had some arm problems, though. So between that and just the way he runs and glides and, and the range he has in the outfield— it's just a better fit defensively in center field. He has, his arm is solid. Now I think right now it's just a matter of, you know, you don't want to let him don't want to overextend himself on throws. He doesn't always show his arm. So if, if you're kind of poking holes and nitpicking his game, which we're going to do for a top three (laughs) prospect in, in baseball, it's only fair. That would probably be the biggest weakness for him. But the good thing is, you know, center field, Arm strength is the, by far the least important tool, uh, and he has so many other really, really good tools and skills, too. I mean, again, defensively, center field moves really well in, in the outfield, uh, good range, well above average runner. I think it was just more time and more experience in center field because, again, he doesn't have a ton of experience in center field, and he's still 18 years old. That's only going to improve. And then offensively, I mean, wow! Like you said, this was basically a high school senior—you know, the equivalent of you know, like a Drew Jones or a Termar Johnson or a Jackson Holiday. Not just you know performing well in well A, but dominating, uh, keeping it up when he gets to to high A. It's a ton of bat speed. There's power. It's. It, a pretty good like all-fields approach, too. You'll see him stay back on breaking stuff and drive the ball with impressive impact and carry to right-center field, which for a right-handed hitter at 18 years old is, is extremely impressive. He is an aggressive hitter. He's going to have to tighten up some of the selectivity at the plate, but again, it's this is not a free swinger. I think he's actually a pretty mature hitter for his age. Some of the swing decision stuff is just going to be what happens when you throw an 18 year old hitter against high A and, and double A pitchers that are all going to get a little bit away from, um, you know, their approach in in that regard. So if you had seen him spend the entire year in, say, the Arizona Complex League, you wouldn't have seen uh, some of the same, you know, chase tendencies. But again, it's not like he's up there swinging at everything. I actually think he has a, a pretty solid or if not advanced approach for his age. So I think this is a player, everything comes together. can be, uh, you know, a franchise cornerstone player uh, for the Brewers who can play a premium position and be an impact hitter toward the top or or the middle of the lineup.
2: Yeah. I mean, the two guys he's gotten compared to the most are two guys who have won MVP awards. Uh, And even some of the evaluators I spoke to that aren't quite ready to go there yet just because he is so young and, and most of his damage was done at the lower levels. And as you mentioned, there, there's still some things to work on there. Even they're like, oh, yeah, I still put an all-star grade on him. I mean, the potential here is is immense. And I think, again, very young. There's all sorts of things that, you know, happen in development. And not, there's no such thing as a guaranteed prospect, especially a guy this young. But in terms of everything you'd want to see from a player at this point in their development, given his age, he has it. And it's a very, very, very exciting potential future really for the Brewers. uh, Like you mentioned, he finished last year in double a, I guess, in theory, he could be up this year. I don't think that should be the expectation, but he seems to uh, exceed expectations frequently already. And he's barely played professional baseball. So uh, certainly a really talented player, clear cut number one, Ben, there was actually a lot of debate in this two to five group. You talked about it's a group of guys who are close to the majors. Uh, In one case guys already made the majors all of whom project to be pretty solid. Um, Sal Frelick, very quietly, I feel like in some ways, had one of the better seasons in the minors last year, hit 331, got to AAA in his first full season. I feel like Jackson Sherio, being the shooting star he was, almost overshadowed him. Normally, the guy hitting three thirty one and getting to AAA in his first full season, that would be the headliner in a farm system generating the most excitement. Um, what can you tell us about Frelick, and, and what does he project to be?
3: yeah and he just seemed to get better every time he got promoted to like every every level he moved up he cut his strikeout rate and it wasn't like there was a lot to cut from either <laughs> he has he just has outstanding hand eye coordination bat to ball skills it's a pretty simple swing so it's a lot of balls in play and then he's a 70 runner so he can take advantage of his speed on the base pads too there's some Sneaky-ish power in there. He's not that big. He is pretty strong. I don't think he's ever even going to be necessarily uh, an average power guy, but you don't need him to be either. So uh, I think if he could be, a, you know, a fifteen-ish home run type guy, which I, I think is very possible for him. You, you just look at the contact rates that he has. Um, it's he, he is an aggressive hitter, but it's it not again not a somebody who's expanding the zone too frequently so yeah it's 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 a lot of balls in play take advantage of the speed another guy who, who also hasn't been a center fielder for uh, a super long time he's he spent some time in in the infield at boston college before moving to center field so you see some you know some really good plays out there defensively uh, in center field and some things that you know still still working to improve at so I'm not sure exactly how the center field situation is going to shank out for the Brewers long-term because you have, I mean, between Churio, Freelich, uh, Garrett Mitchell, who's, you know, there now, and then even Joey Weimer, who you look at and wouldn't think could play center field, could legitimately play center field. I think he more likely moves to a corner, but um, yeah, I mean, a premium position player who projects to be a a really good table setter at the top of the order. uh, Yeah, I mean, there's there's good reasons why South Relic is in our, our top 50 prospects in in baseball right now.
2: Yeah, this was a guy I didn't have a lot of history with. I didn't see him much at Boston College and I don't have any cross coverage of the brewery system, but just pulling up the video, just a short, tight, direct swing and you know, there's a little more impact there than he gets credit for sometimes. The average exit velocity, you just look at the data, it's not overwhelming, but um, you see there's definitely times he can drive the baseball, and you saw it with 28 doubles, he got to double-digit homers, there's triples in there too. It's kind of a nice extra base hit distribution, and again, just the ability to, to make consistent contact, consistently square balls up, again, getting to A and doing it in his first full year just speaks to the level of hitter he is. You mentioned this kind of center field conundrum they're going to have it's it's a really good problem to have four of the top five prospects in the system are all outfielders how do you see the shaking out do you see someone getting moved do you see them keeping all of them and just kind of rotate them in you know dh someone ends up in a platoon i mean what are the brewers going to do again it's a good problem to have when you have this much talent concentrated in one area it's just how do you see it being you know sorted out long term
3: yeah, at least one of these guys is going to move to left or right field, so you're going to have multiple center fielders in your outfield, which is a good thing to have. And then the other thing is just you know, realistically, let's say out of those four guys, I would say probably at least two of them won't end up, you know, living up to uh, expectations or living up to the hopes maybe that that you have if you're the Brewers or you're a brewers fan they they could also trade one of them too it's not going to be jackson shurio i can probably count on on that being the case but look like garrett mitchell i think is some super tools and athlete there's a lot of risk there too as far as the the pure hitting ability uh the same thing with joey weimer he has way, way above average raw power, uh, great athlete, arm strength, and there's also a lot of swing and miss risk uh, and some chase to his game too that's concerning too. And and again, as much as I like Sal Freelick, there's there's some risk to him in terms of just the overall impact. So uh, it's one of those things that's just going to have a way of working itself out. Uh, I think kind of Garrett Mitchell is in the probably the best position right now just because he's already there so he has sort of like an an incumbency advantage although I think Freelich is ready right now and Joey Weimer is not far behind and man you're gonna have fans clamoring for Jackson Churio to (laughs) go up pretty soon too I think so I, I don't know exactly how it's all gonna work out but it's definitely not uh not a problem I would say So I would agree with that.
2: Yeah, I want to get on Garrett Mitchell here for a second. He's been a divisive player really going back to his days at Orange Lutheran High School as just a super, super athlete who people weren't sure was going to be able to hit. Um, And again, that kind of played out a little bit at UCLA too, showed some good things, had a really good sophomore season. Um, But there were also times where you question how consistently he was going to be able to perform like that. He's come up through the minors, and last year did okay at Double A, did really well at Triple A, you know, and, and showed some good things. Hit for average, got on base, slugged a little bit in his major league debut. Now it was a small sample size. The walk to strikeout was certainly a little concerning, but on the whole, he has performed decently well offensively when that was the big question surrounding him coming out of the draft. What is his future with the Brewers, and, and how much did his you know small sample size performance, you know, turn some heads if at all? Yeah, I think he'll
3: continue to get a shot to be there, Uh, you know, an everyday player there because he he is a legitimate 80 runner. He's one of the fastest players in baseball, Um, and he has like a swing that's kind of geared toward putting the ball on the ground and trying to take advantage of his speed. Uh, lagging out infield hits. I think it's shocking maybe to some of the infielders uh, just how fast he is based on how big of a dude he is listed at six foot three, 215 pounds. And when he, you know, when he tries to uh, launch, you can see the raw power is in there, but in games, it doesn't play that way because his swing path is just kind of this, you know, downhill there's some choppiness to it through the through the hitting zone um so it's it's really not geared to maximize the power that he could have now could he make an adjustment to better tap into the the raw power that he has maybe i mean if if you're betting on him if you're optimistic about it you can look at his athleticism and say that bodes well for his ability to make adjustments but he is you know he's also uh, what 24 years old now and the swing adjustment is really hard to make I think we underestimate (laughs) the challenges that come with that when we talk about guys making swing changes and I think he's made some tweaks here and there but uh, it might take a bigger overhaul to do it and that's also not very easy to do when you're trying to do it against major league pitching either the good thing is he has some you know some safety net ish type tools in his speed and defense at a premium position in center field that will allow his value to uh, increase even if he's not um, you know a tremendous offensive performer but uh, there's still some risk there so just as far as the the raw tools and athleticism it's, it's hard to question anything there. Uh, it's just a matter of how much of that will uh, be able to materialize, especially offensively, given the the way his swing works.
2: Yeah, a lot of rolled over ground balls to second base. That's been the issue with him historically. But when he's able to even just get a little bit of lift in there, again, it doesn't even have to be a home run, but just make it a line drive and shoot it into the gap or down the line, it's an easy triple. So I think... Uh, that to me is more what he needs to be, you know, trying to make him a, a pure launch guy. I don't know how all that's going to work, but just making him, you know, turn some of those ground balls into line drives, then you could start to see a dynamic offensive player, but you're right. I mean, this is someone who at the very least, given the fact he's already there, his speed, his defense, his ability to, to occasionally do some damage from the left side, that alone will keep him on a big league roster and, and make him someone who can contribute to the brewers in the very least. All right, Ben, we've talked about the top five in this system. As we've mentioned, all five of these guys uh, finished last year at double or higher and are ready to impact the big league club. The back half of this top 10 is a group of guys who are a little bit lower down, uh, but nonetheless have some interesting potential as well. We're going to dive into them. Uh, first, we're going to take a quick break.
0: Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check.
2: All right, we are back breaking down the Milwaukee Brewers' farm system. I'm Kyle Glazer alongside Ben Babler. All right, Ben, we talked about the top half of this top 10. All five guys finished last year at A or higher. All of them have the potential to be in Milwaukee this coming season and could help the Brewers continue this run of successful seasons they've had. The back half of this top 10 is guys who are more just a little bit lower in the minors for the most part. Um, you know, recent draftees, you know, young international signees who are moving at an average pace as opposed to a Jackson Trio esque pace. Uh, I do want to ask, was there a clear separation between the top five and the bottom five just because of the fact those guys have, have proven it at higher levels?
3: Yeah, I think the the proximity definitely helps those players. Uh, probably, Garrett again, like you said, Garrett Mitchell's very, very polarizing. Um, so you, I think you can make an argument for... I um, you know I think maybe almost anybody in the you know the six to 10 range to be ahead of him, but Garrett Mitchell's also there right now and uh, yeah again as, as risky as I think he is, he's also there right now so uh, that kind of gave him the the edge over some of these players who are still a little bit further away.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about Jefferson Caro. You mentioned the Brewers have done a really good job with international scouting recently, and and Jackson Churio is the main guy of that, of course. Um, But Jefferson Caro is someone that was getting really, really good reviews as soon as he made his pro debut in the ACL in 2021. Last year, again, as a 19-year-old catcher, got up to high A, hit for average, got on base, hit for power, both levels, low A and high A. I do feel like this is someone that very much has a case to be in the top 100, and if not for Jackson Churio, might be seen as the jewel of an international signing class, and rightly so on his own merit. What do the Brewers have here with Jefferson Carroll?
3: Yeah, uh, a lock to stay behind the plate, and I think one of the better defensive catchers in the minor leagues. He he has a plus arm, defends the position well. Uh, you're getting pop times under 1.9 seconds when he's at his best. He's a very efficient thrower with his footwork his transfer his release everything everything looks right the way he he does things behind the plate so very confident in the defensive skills that he brings and then offensively a pretty good year uh for for what a 19 year old catcher in in low a got a bump up at the end of the season too uh he'll probably go back to i would think uh to high a to to start this season uh does he end up being a guy who hits, you know, toward the top or middle of the lineup? Uh like I, I think he has a chance to, more likely, probably toward the the bottom of the order. But for for a catcher who has the defensive skills that he has, um I, I think that's that can be a pretty pretty valuable player and, and I agree. I, I don't think he's too far off from being in the top 100 he's definitely in that conversation right now if he just continues to hit as he moves up i don't think it's going to be too long before
2: we see him uh jump into that mix too certainly one of the most impressive young catching prospects in the minors then we talked about this at the top of the show the brewers have a really good track record of developing pitching hitters less so but we'll see what they're able to do with this group there is an arm in this top 10 that i do need to talk to you about and that's Robert Gasser uh, who was acquired as part of the Josh Hader trade that was very unpopular uh, both amongst the fan base and in the Brewers clubhouse and certainly contributed to them missing the postseason Um, but as someone who covered the Padres system for years and years and years um, I gotta tell you I'm getting real Eric Lauer vibes here of a guy who was just kind of meh with the Padres and the Brewers acquire him and say whoa where did this come from um, again, Lauer made his debut with the Padres. It was very, very much a number five-ish starter. He didn't love throwing out there. Then he gets the Brewers, adds velocity, and becomes a really good mid-rotation type. Almost, um, you know, Gasser was a second rounder out of Houston, 2021. Went straight to high and did okay. Again, you know, showed the ability to miss bats. It was more okay, athletic lefty. Stuff is just okay. Gonna rely on pitch ability. Then he gets the Brewers in the trade, jumps straight to double A and blows through it and gets it to triple A in his first full professional season. Uh, Continued to miss bats up in triple A and just, again, kind of turned on the Jets a little bit in the Brewers organization. Um, I've spoken to some high level officials who think he might be a top five caliber talent in the system based on just what he showed at the end of last year after the trade. What happened? What did the Brewers do? And what does he project to be now?
3: Yeah, is that like the Corey Kluber path of being a former Padres <laughs> prospect who uh, excels after after leaving the organization? Um, yeah, he's yeah, he's interesting. It's uh, you get a lot of like back end starter type projections on him, but I think there's some chance he could uh, potentially exceed that. Um, you know, he's got feel for you know for an array of of off-speed pitches, especially just be able to spin the ball. Uh with his with his slider is a very effective pitch for him. It's not blow you away tight velocity, but he does a, a good job of mixing and matching. Uh, doesn't doesn't rely too heavily on the fastball. Uh, gets a lot of you know the slider, the changeup in there. Uh, he has this like shorter cutter too. So yeah, it's just a good good kind of blend of stuff and and pitchability feel for for mixing and and matching a guy that could potentially fit in the the back of a rotation but again like you said it's projecting pitching is is so tough <laughs> and it, it wouldn't surprise me if he was able to exceed some of those expectations too
2: yeah and he's really athletic which again I think back to the reports on lauer we're always you know he's a good athlete the stuff is kind of you know eh, but he'll flash a little bit higher he knows how to mix and knows how to locate. And again, the brewers are able to make some changes to unlock some velocity. Um, I'm just getting total vibes of, yeah, this guy would be a number five starter for other teams, but for the brewers he will somehow be a number three. <laughs> That's, you know, again, we'll see what he's able to do, but it's um, certainly noteworthy how, you know, things really shot up after the trade again, whether that, you know, makes the Josh Hader trade all right in the long run, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. I, I think that would certainly be a surprise, but, um, certainly a pleasant development because obviously that was a trade that was very unpopular for a lot of very valid reasons. Ben, when you look at this system, there seems to be a good blend of, of you know, talent on the upper end and depth. I remember talking to a few evaluators in the Carolina League who mentioned, you know, there are a lot of players on that Carolina team, you know, not named Churio, not named Caro, that they had interested in trades that they thought were, you know, good players that are interesting, you know, guys to have in your system. Who are some of the guys outside this top 10 that are interesting or exciting? And and you could see really jumping a year from now.
3: I I think the most exciting one to me is probably Luis Lara, um, Venezuelan international signing for the Brewers in right before the 2022 season. So he spent the year in the, Dominican Summer League, not that big. He's like 5'9". He's pretty strong, though. Really good runner. Uh, switch hitter. And he's not a slap hitter, either. Uh, there's some strength to his swing. Uh, good bat speed. Good contact skills. Pretty solid uh, eye for the zone. You could see the the ball come off his bat uh, pretty well, especially for a, a smaller player. So you have, uh, you know, not that big of a guy, but Quick twitch, athlete, speed, contact skills from both sides of the plate. Um, I think he could potentially hit toward the uh, the top of the lineup, and I think he's going to get a lot more attention once he comes over to the States this year and plays, uh, I would think, most likely in the complex league in Arizona.
2: Yeah, certainly. Again, we've seen the Brewers do some really good things with a lot of their international guys. Um, some of the guys, you know, they've been picking at the back of the draft because, again, they've been successful in the major leagues, which is the point of all this. Um, but they have gotten some guys who you know, do some interesting things, especially out of the college ranks. um, you look at Eric Brown this year, Tyler Black, both of whom are in this top ten. These are infielders. We've talked about the strength of the Brewers is in the outfield. What do these guys have a chance to be and and could this be sort of the next wave of hitters? They're just in the infield instead of the outfield? Uh,
3: maybe. I mean, yeah, this is where you get into like the more uh some of the riskier players. In the system, Tyler Black does he stay in the infield? Does he go to the outfield? Still kind of looking for a position. He has great strike zone discipline. He's a, a very patient hitter, uh, very hitterish guy. Um, not a lot of power, which is the the risk with him, especially given the uh, the defensive limitations with him. Uh, and then Eric Brown is yeah, just like a steady Eddie, Eddie across the board type guy um, kind of a fits into the Brewers mold of hitters they have targeted in the draft more recently um, you know maybe Garrett Mitchell <laughs> aside when he kind of fell to, to them in the first round but guys who have uh, pretty good swing decisions control the strike zone make a lot of contact might not be the biggest power or speed threats but um, just guys have a pretty pretty advanced approach for their age Uh, you know sometimes the you know quote unquote you know safer college bats like that end up being more like uh, you know like a Logan Warmoth, the the Blue Jays first round pick. uh, I don't think that's what the Brewers want here. (laughs) Yeah I don't think that's not what they're going (laughs) for but um, you know sometimes that's the the risk with uh, those players but yeah just steady tools across the board, you know, some guys see a, you know, potential utility guy, but uh, maybe there's a, a chance for some more there. Um And, you know, I, th- I think one of the, you know, the infielders they drafted, to, I'm pretty intrigued by right now is, is Robert Moore who, you know, Arkansas second baseman. He was, their, you know, second round pick last year and uh kind of had a tough year last year at Arkansas. I think he just got, um, you know, I don't know, if like a little pull happy or uh, just trying to do too much um, to show off his, his power last year. But the, the numbers did, but the strikeout rate didn't. Uh, so he has really good bat-to-ball skills. The, the defense is, is still very good at second base. He was a, a kid who reclassified early to be able to go to Arkansas early uh, out of high school. So he's young. Uh, relative to, uh, you know, his peers in that draft class still, uh, you know, 20 years old, he'll be 21 this season. So I think there's a chance it could be almost like he's not the same kind of player as Jackie Bradley Jr., but kind of similar to where Jackie Bradley Jr. kind of slumped during his his draft season. It hurt his draft stock, uh, but it was really just more of like a one-year blip for him and he rebounded. I could see something like that. Happening for Robert Moore because I think the the core skills that he has the the contact skills the defense those are still in places if he's able to kind of get back to that uh, you know all fields approach rather than trying to uh, do do too, too, too much to try to show damage to the just to the pull side.
2: Yeah, he's a, a name that's been around for a while. A lot of people thought that he had a chance to be a first rounder last year. As you mentioned, he fell so we'll see. Maybe he can have a bounce back in pro ball and uh, rise up the system into the top 10. Ben, before we wrap up here, any final thoughts about the Brewers system or their overall organizational outlook moving forward?
3: Yeah. Like you said, it's uh, definitely heavy toward the the hitters. You got to squint a little bit more to uh, find some pitchers you like after the, you know, Robert Gasser and and Jacob Mizarowski, uh who has uh, tremendous stuff and, uh, we'll we'll see if he can figure out where it's going. I think the, the starting pitchers are harder to find after that group. But uh, like you said, the, the good thing is the Brewers have a pretty good track record of developing pitching. And the place where they don't need as much help right now is in that starting rotation. So, um, yeah, I think it's, you know. It's not like an elite farm system. It's not toward the, you know, the very bottom third either. It's just a, you know, it's a solid system, but it it helps when you have a player like Jackson Cheerio at the top that every other team in baseball wishes they had.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Again, it's, it's a good thing when you have a player like that and also when the strengths of your farm system align with your major league needs. So. The Brewers certainly look like they're in a good place. We'll see if they can uh, continue their run of being a a competitive team and get back to the postseason in 2023. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate your time and insight, as always. Yeah, absolutely. It was good talking to you, Kyle. All right, everyone. That'll do it for another Baseball America podcast. Go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. For Ben Badler, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, everybody.